0: just watching the hr team grow into this group that has a profound impact on the results of the company is extremely rewarding and is very proud of uh, moments for me there's a revolution taking place right now talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world but opportunity is not the talent economy the idea that at the center of work is the talent is the individual
1: The way we work has changed forever and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. Retail warehouse clubs like BJ's have been crucial during the pandemic. Millions of us shop at them to stock up on whatever we need for our families. We're buying and often hoarding food, paper goods, think toilet paper, and of course, cleaning products, all in bulk. Keeping BJ's 226 stores up and running takes a team of more than 30,000 people. Today we're talking to the person whose team supports this enormous function, Mark Griffin. As BJ's Chief Human Resources Officer, Mark oversees all HR functions of the $16 billion public company. BJ's, like many retail warehouse clubs, has seen its membership increase over the last two years. Now the company faces the challenge of expanding its team to meet customer needs as we continue to live through this pandemic. Mark's been at BJ's for almost four years. Before that, he spent almost 20 years in progressive HR roles at CVS Health. I'm so excited to learn more about your amazing career, Mark welcome.
0: Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Awesome. It's great to be here.
1: You received your bachelor's degree in industrial psychology from the University of Rhode Island. How did that prepare you for a career in HR?
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. And frankly, I didn't really know what it was until I (laughs) got into it. Um, It's really no more than a, a traditional psychology degree, but it's got a slant to it. And I worked with the school to make sure that I'm more concentrated on the work side, the business side of psychology versus the clinical side. So if you think about it, you've got clinical focusing down the medical path, industrial thinking that focuses down the business path. It's been, it's been a great opportunity to really concentrate on things like labor, organizational design, what uh, motivates people, and then how do you how do you get a group of people kind of moving in the right direction and engaged? Uh, and that's what's been really valuable for me in in my HR roles over my career.
1: Great. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out what industrial is. My son is a psychology major, actually, at University of New Hampshire. He almost went to URI. He was this close, but he ended up in New Hampshire. So
0: Good for I, him. I know that
1: school very well.
0: Go Rams.
1: Yes. So You began your career at CVS Health. What are the similarities and differences between leading people at a retail pharmacy and a wholesale club?
0: You know, there's some big uh, differences, but I would say that it's more alike than different, right? So, CVS Aetna now is a company that is a combination of a retail pharmacy company as well as a large health plan. When I was there, they had over 10,000 pharmacies across the country. And so you're talking about retail. Uh, Now, yes, there are prescriptions that are being dispensed, but there's also health and beauty aids and front store. And so all all that is really the same. I mean, we're all driving for top customer experience, trying to keep our members, our customers, and our employees as healthy as possible. What they're trying to do is do a one-stop health Environment where you can go to a store and get all your healthcare needs done. That's probably the biggest difference when you come to people, skill set, and uh, regulatory requirements around healthcare versus general retail. Yeah, I didn't think about
1: that. Good point. Um, so, as we know, being in HR for as long as we both have, not aging either of us, but having a psychology background is extremely beneficial in any HR position, especially when faced with leading people during uncertain times. So I know that BJ's, Clearly, as a superstore, was deemed an, as an essential business uh, when COVID nineteen started, and you know you all got to stay open, and everybody was running to hoard and fill up on all of the essentials that they needed. How are you able to support not only your employees but the public during this you know unforeseen time that none of us had predicted?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, uh, we always kept safety. And the health of our team members and our members as our top uh, priority, and that continues today and will always be part of what our our top priorities are as a company. Uh, it was difficult because, as you just mentioned, Michelle, you know there was a big pull on the business to make sure we had the right products on the shelf. We stayed in stock. We still had the value that our members have experienced, and we made it in a very safe and healthy environment. What's really nice about our clubs, it's it's kind of a one-stop shop where you can go into a BJ's club and and buy just about everything you need for your household and you don't need to go to multiple stores. So that alone allowed people to stay healthier because they're really traveling to less stores. And then what we've done inside the stores is really around uh, health and welfare protocols and, and the safety protocols around equipment. We constantly clean our clubs every hour we really feel, feel proud that we have the, the cleanest and safest environment for our members every day.
1: Wonderful. Not only did you stay open through the pandemic as the essential business, but warehouse club saw the highest growth of customer visits than any other retail channel, probably because it was a one stop shop, as you just mentioned. Is there anything from a people standpoint that BJs will be doing to make sure you know, it retains these customers as things have kind of settled a bit?
0: We're really concentrating on that. I mean, we acquired over a million new members during the uh, pandemic and we have a very high retention rate. And what's behind that is is our people, as you mentioned, Um, having empathy and really having a call to action to support our members. Our club colleagues have, have always felt that listen, this is when our members need us the most. It's a pandemic. They've been members. They pay to shop in our, in our clubs. And we need to be there for them when they have their needs. And so it really got us going in terms of engagement. And really, our purpose came to life. We had to do a lot of training and development around how do you keep things you know, safe. How do you keep products on the shelf? Because this was evolving almost on a day-to-day, week-by-week basis. But having the dedicated team members that have empathy towards our members and and really put them first has really made the whole difference uh, in terms of how we're able to retain those members.
1: With increased customers comes an increased demand for talent. We've all seen everywhere that it's so hard to get good workers, great employees. Where every business everybody's having this issue, like this great resignation. You know, you said you were able to retain a lot of customers. Are you also able to retain a lot of the team members?
0: I think the first thing is we are, you know, we struggle like every other employer out there during this difficult uh, labor market. You know, we did have to increase hourly wages because you need to stay competitive. That's kind of a, a ticket to the game. Where we really concentrated on is the environment within the club. And we focused on leadership training for our club managers and our club management programs like leading with positive intent, uh, driving a sense of belonging. And those kinds of programs were really around making our team members feel valued, that they're making a big impact in the business, not only from a business results perspective, but from helping our members every day. And so it's really about the environment at the end of the day, you know, pay is pay, uh, but we need an environment that's an employer of choice.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's all about how you treat your people. That's what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. So convenience is key in terms of customer satisfaction and retention. So can you tell me what BJ's has done to make the wholesale club more convenient? I know, for instance, a lot of people go to BJ's for their gas right now, because as members you get cheaper gas prices, right? And that's the latest of craziness that's going on around here. So
0: That's right. Our gas prices are great. I think they're best in the industry. Um, and our volume is strong right now. It's probably a weight if you go to our gas stations because, you know, we do have the best fuel prices in order to really meet the members needs, um, not only during the pandemic, but now going forward, you really need it to be as convenient as possible. And how we're doing that is we're leaning into the digital space quite strongly. And uh, that includes an improved website, a mobile app, digital coupons, buy online, pick up in club, same day delivery of uh, groceries. And what was interesting is, you know, we did not at the start of the pandemic have a uh, curbside delivery option. And within weeks, we implemented one. And a few weeks after that, we scaled it. And now over 60% of our orders that are a uh, pickup are done through curbside delivery. And so that's just another way to make it easier and convenient. The other thing it allows is it allows our members to stay even safer and healthier by not having to go into the club.
1: So I also heard that you um, recently acquired assets and operations of four additional distribution centers. Doing an MA and and cultures aligning and merging employees is always a challenge. So what are some of the things that you all are doing?
0: Well, you hit on the key challenges and the most critical one is culture and the melding and the implementation of kind of bringing two cultures together. And that could be a make it or break it for either uh, acquisitions or mergers. The good thing about the Burris acquisition is that's easy. And that's easy because for over 20 years, we have worked with the Burgess Logistic Organization and they have the same values as us. They have empathy towards their team members. They make their team members first and how they think about the business. And they're completely uh, dedicated to to our members. So they have been involved in our fresh business for, as I mentioned, over 20 years and and we've got to know them very well. I, I spent some time with our chief executive officer and just hearing him talk walking the floor with him we definitely think a lot of of how how to motivate a team the same way what's important as a company how to drive that culture and so we really share that which takes one of the biggest challenges off the table and the same token we want to make sure that our pay and our benefits packages continue to be very competitive especially in the fresh uh business uh, we, we're really excited to welcome them to the BJ's family. This is going to be a great opportunity for us, and and I know it's a great opportunity for them as well.
1: Yeah, always the hardest to do, to make those folks yeah. feel welcome. One thing that I read on BJ's that I admired was the local community and charitable programs, especially this Feeding Communities so it looks like through this program, you're donating unsold produce and meat and seafood and dairy and all of those good things to um, local Feeding America food banks. So can you tell me more about this program?
0: Yes, we do a lot of that. We're extremely proud of it. I would say, however, that that's kind of what we do every day. It's part of our uh, DNA and our core values. And working with a feeding communities program just aligns extremely well, because that's kind of how we operate, you know, every day with the food that we have an opportunity to uh, donate. If you think about the BJ's Charitable Foundation, it really focuses on three major pillars. Uh, one is hunger relief, uh, another one is education, and the third one is wellness. You know, we're really proud to support the food banks through the Charitable Foundation that work with feeding communities. What's incredible to me, and I'm extremely proud of, of it, is we have donated more than 120 million pounds of food to the Feeding America member food banks. And uh, that's only going to continue and grow. And so we're really happy about that.
1: Wow. That's incredible. So I also read that you are moving your headquarters. Yes. So Yeah. So your business is massively growing as we've discussed and been really on a great trajectory, but you're going to make your headquarters a bit smaller since you don't need to take up such a global footprint, right? So uh, it sounds like you all are moving into the remote and hybrid work along with following the trends of what's going on in the HR world and the and the world lately. So can you talk about how you're going to plan to use remote work in the future?
0: Absolutely. So we are extremely excited about the move. It's going to happen sometime in the summer or fall time period. It's only about five miles away or so, so it's not a big move from from the standpoint of uh, location. But it is really conducive to driving that collaborative environment and really is going to be built out to be focused on how do you have the most effective hybrid work environment. So, we can be productive, we can be effective, and we can serve Our clubs even better. There's also a cost savings part of this. And while while it's less square footage, we have the same number and frankly growing number of team members in that headquarters building. But the way it's designed, it's much more efficient, with, again, all these collaboration areas that allow more people to effectively move throughout the building and interact with each other. And so um, the cost savings are going to be reinvested into our business, mostly in our clubs and uh, improving the value to our members.
1: Do you require your employees that are headquarter employees to go into the stores?
0: We're actually implementing. It's interesting you asked, Michelle, where there's going to be a program where everybody in uh, the support center is going to be working at least a day or two during the year in the clubs and we're really proud about that our merchants our membership our marketing team hr and i can go down the list are in our clubs all the time you know we know that's where the importance is we know that's where our members are and of course our team members facing off those members are the most important Uh, members for us to make sure that they're engaged and they have what they need to um, serve our members. So by being there and talking to them, we get the firsthand read of what they actually need to be most effective.
1: So are there remote opportunities for positions that were historically in store?
0: Yeah, the tough thing about that is really the frontline team members are really the lifeblood of our business. And And they have to interact with our members, uh, whether it's helping them find product, whether it's making their shopping experience more convenient and easy. uh, And it's just generally engaging with them to make sure they're having the best experience. So they really need to be in the club. I mean, there's one example where we looked at the recruiting function. Uh, a few years ago, and we had recruiters in every individual club. And we pulled them out and we built a center of excellence with focused recruiting efforts. We improved productivity, we improved effectiveness, and we improved kind of the the time to hire. And so uh, at times, you know, we do consolidate into a group that that is more specialized. But for the most part, no, because that's where it's where our members are, it's where we want most of our people to be, of course.
1: I'd love to hear, I ask a lot of people this question, but what's been your proudest moment as a leader?
0: Uh, it's really driving the evolving culture of the company, hearing from our team members saying, boy, I can see a change, I can see in how the company is valuing us. And it's really getting the leaders to change You know their mindset as well, to be you know more engaging, uh, more aware, of what's important to our team members not just the work and the performance about the work but are they engaged what's getting in the way what what's what's hard for them in this new work environment and we have to think broader not just performance based but we have to think about the whole the whole employee and and everything that they need one thing that i saw during the pandemic was an opportunity for companies to really excel in taking care of their employees, listening to them, uh, changing their culture is needed. And, and the culture is different. I mean, now that, you know, most folks are either remote or hybrid, there is a different animal. And so. We started by having weekly town halls when we were 100% remote in uh, the club support center. Um, So keeping that dialogue going, the needs that they have today aren't necessarily the needs they had pre-pandemic. And so how do you adapt as a company to show your employees that, hey, here's action steps we're making, policy changes we're making, initiatives we're implementing, to respond to your concerns and your challenges. So uh, that's been a very proud moment of mine, being able to make an impact on that. And the other one I think is just watching the HR team grow into this group that has a profound impact on the results of the company is extremely uh, rewarding and a very proud of uh, moments for me.
1: This has been a great conversation. I so appreciate you being here with me today.
0: Me too. Thanks so much, Michelle. This is a great discussion.
1: Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about The Talent Economy on staffing.com and toptellcom slash insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.